For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio, even during the offseason on their Nothing But Net channel, and all of that is free. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Where else are you going to find a breakdown of Nigeria's run through Las Vegas? So definitely check that out. Royal Shepherd hosted last night. We had more than 3,000 of you already watched that. You are starved for basketball. So check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Help us get to 20,000 subscribers. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell that one out. Brady Hawk has another great piece up there breaking down some of what we're going to break down today, which is how some of the Heat guys uh, played in that Nigeria upset of the U.S. So make sure you check that out. We have no paywall. And also the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. They're like part of the family here. That includes our friends over at Miami Grill. The only thing better the cheering against the Milwaukee Bucks during the playoffs is doing it with your favorite wings. Miami Grill's got you covered. Bring home a platter of your faves to share for the game tonight or throughout this week. Just how you like them. Crispy, grilled, naked, or boneless and sauce perfection. One of three new sauces. That's mango habanero, honey, garlic, and Nashville hot. If you can't decide, get them all delivered with a catering order. There's more than just the wings to order for the whole fam with cheesesteaks, gyros, burgers, and more. And don't forget, for a limited time, you can still get those Miami Grill collectible cups. Featuring artwork by four different Winwood mural art mural fest artists. Collect all four again. You can get yours for two ninety nine or upgrade your meal deal to a larger size for two ninety nine and get more fries and the cup. Order online or in person. Pick up, drive through, dine in, and delivery available at all locations. Visit mymiamigrill.com for more details. Miami Grill. If you're craving it, they're making it. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. We've got the usual crew plus one. we got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. You can follow Greg Sylvander at Greg Sylvander. And I don't know where you can follow, follow Adam Barai right now because his account handle changes every other day. But make sure you follow all of those. Of course, you can follow the Clutch Corner, of which Adam is one of the hosts. That is also on our YouTube channel. Two things we want to get to tonight. Again, the Olympics, Nigeria, U.S., four Miami Heat players, and then we're going to tease you a little bit here. We're going to talk about a player we've talked about before that the Heat may have some interest in, but we've got more details on it. So stick around for the second half of the pod on that. But let's get to the Olympics. I'll start with you here, Greg. Um, you know, I, you tend to paint things in an optimistic fashion, and, and I understand that, and I appreciate that. And to a certain degree, I get it in this regard because – we kind of know what Bam Adebayo is at this stage or what he can become, but we're still sort of sitting here waiting to see if Kaziak Pala, Precious Achua, much, much down the line, Gabe Vincent perhaps can be assets for the Heat in some way, either on the roster or, you know, as not feature pieces in a trade, but maybe secondary pieces or maybe throw in pieces in a trade. And from that point of view, 
I'm with you. Like what happened between Nigeria and the U.S. in this exhibition game was a good thing for the Heat. It definitely was, but I, I think that I should clarify and um, and just like <clears throat> when I tweet what I do during games, uh, I'm kind of watching it through the lens of a fan. And obviously when I say that they're manufacturing assets af after a one game, you know, exhibition, I think that that's a little bit too optimistic, but I will say like just overall seeing Precious look taller, look bigger, look um, more like actually less like a rookie and more like a professional basketball player. I thought was good to see KZ still looks really stiff. Um, so I, I don't know what we're doing there on offense, but obviously he's got some defensive stuff and Gabe Vincent has looked good, but he's an unrestricted free agent as far as I know. So, um, you know, I, I don't know like what will transpire there overall, as much as I want to like hope traffic, all of that, I do. I just do have to say that if anybody thinks that NBA front offices are completely changing their scouting reports based off of one game, that's not how this works at all. I don't think anybody learned anything about any heat player last night that they didn't already know necessarily. So this is more of like a building block towards a bigger, uh, you know, sample size. Well, I'll be a little more optimistic than you about one guy, uh, which is precious because at least with the exception of, of course, bungling the free throws, which is not a surprise if you watched him, uh, during the season, particularly second half of the season, at least he looked like he was up for the moment, which at certain points, second half of the year, he didn't look like at all, Alex. Um, I, you know, and Gabe Vincent is a weird one because when he came to the Heat or, or he was promoted to the Heat and the two-way contracts and all that, all we heard about was what a good shooter he was, and he has shot the ball so poorly with the Heat, but he's been good defensively. Like, did you see anything, I guess, from him that makes you think He's a player you keep here on the back end of the roster. I mean, if you're just talking about Gabe Vincent here, I think he showed you enough during the season that, yeah, he's definitely on that level of somebody that you keep as like a third stringer. They clearly like him. And like you said, he's very competitive on defense, even though he was brought here to be a shooter. And you saw him be a shooter versus Team USA. I was, you know, I was really happy for them and, and the other Heat guys there just to pull off the win versus, you know, these types of caliber players, just a bunch of superstars all stacked up on one team. And Vincent isn't going to go six of nine every night, but I do believe he can shoot. It just, it sucks. It hasn't really panned out that way for the heat yet. And who knows if he's going to be back or not. I do think he's someone worth bringing back on the low. Like sure. Why not? He's already been here a couple of years. He's shown you a couple of flashes here and there, unless you like somebody there that's out there just a lot better than him. If you're the heat, I don't see why not bring him back. He's got a certain arrogance to him also, which doesn't come across when he's like, low man on the totem pole two-way contract but came across yesterday i like it we've got right like we've got more work to do like he said like jimmy um but let, let's adam let's go to kz and i mean you're the asset guy here like kz was supposed to be an asset for them you know they traded three picks to get him uh we just saw you know terrence Mann, the kid they passed on in the draft in the second round like play big for the clippers in the postseason looks like a keeper is there anything they can do, do you think, Precious and Casey in particular, whether it's now or into Summer League, that will make them attractive, you know, uh, anything more than throw-ins to other NBA general managers? In a sizable move, I don't think so. But I don't know about you guys, but Casey last night, I was really impressed defensively against guys like Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard. Uh, and if he can keep that up throughout the Olympics – We've seen guys in the past become real assets without a real jumper. And I think that that's something that Casey could even become 
starting next year. You know, so I, I would say right now he's a throw-in. Uh, Precious, same thing. If Precious continues to grow and show that three-point shot that he showed last night, then they can be a little more than that. But as of now, right now, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt right now that they're just throw-ins into a deal. Greg, Justice, Derek Jones Jr., um, Casey Akpala, it, it seems like the Heat can figure out the defensive side of it with some of these unpolished guys, but they can't figure out the offensive side of it. Are they are they projecting wrong here, or are they just saying, okay, there's some raw material, some athleticism, they can make a defender of this it's, guy? I think that you know, ultimately you want two-way players, right? But they're going in two directions here. They've got lots of one-way players, you know, like Duncan Robinson, for instance, came on the scene as a very much one-way player. Tyler Hero was looked at as a one-way player. Um, Even Kendrick Nunn, to some degree, I think was initially conceptualized as a one-way player. And then you've got these guys that are on the opposite end of the spectrum that can't get buckets at all, but they could stop people. And you'd like to see a little bit of bridging the gap between those two and have a little bit more, uh, functional pieces that are versatile that way. I think that what they tend to do is they try to pick out a particular skill set or a particular body type that they think they can shape and mold and that they, if they have just enough tools, they're willing to invest in them. And they've seen that pay off for them in the past where guys that were just defensive specialists like Bruce Bowen go elsewhere and become great um, at not just defense, but also, you know, shooting corner threes or timely shots, stuff like that. So they're hoping that they can just get these guys to that level. And I, I don't know that it's going to pan out with any of these players. I'd have to admit Gabe looked the best or what's his name? Namdi. Is that what he goes by when he's not with the heat? Maybe he needs to just switch his name up forever. But um, I would say that it does seem a bit weird that all these defensive players have came through the system recently. You referenced them all justice DJJ KZ, and they never quite figure it out, figure it out offensively. And we're learning that like, you can't have like a third of the roster be guys that can't figure it out on offense. I'm looking at this photo that you guys just put in the chat here, which I saw last night of the three guys on the Nigerian team and bam. And everybody keeps talking about how precious looks bigger. KZ is the tallest. He's the, the second tallest on the team, on the Heat. Right. Right. So I, I mean, again, I, <laughs> it's all raw projection at this point. But it's just I, I understand why the Heat don't want to give up on this project, because if he's going to end up being a six ten, six eleven guy, who who has you know that kind of length and and sort of defensive instincts, but I just I just don't see anything he does offensively that is anywhere like within the next two or three years away from being functional. Right. Like that, Greg, that, that's the it's issue. The timeline right? I mean, thing. We keep coming back to this. Like KZ is a great idea. Great idea. But like, he ain't, mm-hmm. he ain't going to help you in the Eastern conference finals game five on the road or whatever. Like that's just not the place that he is in yet as a player. He's a young dude, um, precious and Gabe, um, pretty similar circumstances. So I just think that like, if this is not the roster. We, we are now uh, being slapped in the face with the reality that this Jimmy timeline thing is real and um, it doesn't sabotage Bam's timeline whatsoever. So you got to lean into it as hard as possible. And that means guys like KZ Akpala, to me, they don't fit. Well, I, and the, the guy that he's reminding me of, uh, totally different body type. But when they drafted Darrell Wright, okay, over Jameer Nelson, in part because Stan really good year, which is one of the great, one of the great ironies, right? Darrell came in as a high school player. So he was younger than KZ and less experience. 
but he was he was considered a raw project, defensive wingspan, all that kind of stuff. It took him like five years and it took him sort of getting out of Miami. Ultimately, he became like a pretty good three point shooter. He had a functional NBA career, although not what they expected. Right. Like not. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he can become something, I, I, but I'm with you. I don't think it'll be here. All right. Let's get to Bam from last night and then we'll get to the transaction talk. Alex, um, he kind of closed the game, right? Like he, he closed, he was going to close. I, mean, I, I sort of said it too soon. Then, then, you know, Draymond was in then Bam came in then Draymond ended up finishing uh, with the four of them. He got a couple of touches. I don't think he gets of screen rolls um, from heat players, but I mean, is that pretty much what we saw last night? What you think his role is going to be? Yeah, I think so. I think you saw pretty much, you got the gist of it just from watching last night. He's there to support the rest of the superstar talent that's on there. Not saying that he isn't one there, that he's not there because he's a similar type caliber, but I just think, you know, his skill set optimizes the type of talent that you got on that team. And you just see stuff like what you said. You just see basic pick and roll with Bradley Beal and Bam and other guys like that. And it's like, oh, man, I forgot what it's like to have a real pick and roll attack with a guard initiating it that defenses have to respect as a pull-up shooter. And I just, you know, it makes me it makes me think what the Heat could do with somebody like that, with, who, with a guard with who defenses have to respect on the perimeter there, who can initiate, pull up, make shots. I don't know. I, I like seeing Bam, you know, doing his thing, just kind of making it easier for everybody else. I wasn't expecting him to go out and take over as a scorer or anything. Um, Adam, if that's what he does during this tournament, okay, just, you know, he's he's getting you a few rebounds um, occasionally against some of the bigger centers. Maybe he gets, which we didn't really see last night, obviously, because he's playing against Precious. Uh, but some of the bigger centers, maybe he gets overmatched a little bit at times from a physicality standpoint. But, I mean, he finishes plays. He has rapport with teammates. Is is that enough for him to kind of emerge as this super recruiter out of the Olympics? I think so. I think if he shows that he's a great teammate and he, you know, follows directions and follows orders and, you know, listens to everybody, uh, I think that's enough. You know, he's one of those guys that's a team-oriented, not a, not a me-first kind of guy. And I know that those other stars look for those kind of guys. So I know that Bam is right in there in their wheelhouse in terms of guys that would want to play with, you know, other superstars. Uh, I don't really see much from Bam outside of lobs, maybe a few mid-range jump shots, because everybody else has to eat too. Uh, so all in all, I think what Bam did last night was more than enough. Well, and again, you miss out everybody's got to eat. And Devin Booker's not even there yet, right? And then there's going to be minutes as they go smaller for Holiday and, and Middleton, you know, as, as role players. So, I mean, some of the guys that got minutes, yesterday. but Greg, you made a point here on the chat that, that heat fans may have their expectations a little too yeah, high. I, I just think that like, and maybe it's just one game thing and I need to just back off, but I feel like heat fans at least, and I'm taking my temperature checks from Twitter. So that's a very small subset of the entire heat nation, but it seemed like everyone wanted to see like, you know, bam, go coast to coast and um, do, you know, a reverse layup, you know, windmill dunk and then shoot four corner threes and a couple from above the break. And it's just like, it's not what he's there to do. And um, we can argue whether this is, you know, good for his, you know, skill development specifically, 
Um, I think it is, but I, I just think overall, like fans are just expecting the world out of him. And that's just not his role with this team. I even think that there is a potential that as they get into the later stages of the qualifying tournament, that they kind of turn to Draymond, that they, that, mm. that you'll see Popovich start to trust guys that he has either been around, been eliminated by, or, you know, Steve Kerr's on that bench and has a, a rapport with him as well. So um, I just, if Bam gets buried on the bench late in that tournament, I think Heat fans may get a little weird about it and don't read too much into it. Cause Adam hit on it. Like he is the guy that other superstars will look at and say, yo, he's impactful, but he ain't going to take away my field goal attempts. Right. You know, that's the thing. You know, no look, star players want low maintenance teammates. That's typically, that's typically what they want. All right. We're going to get to the transaction here. Transaction talk here in a second. Before we do want to tell you about the way to play daily fantasy and the way to gamble the way to play daily fantasy prizepicks.com the way to gamble mybookie.ag. If you use either of them, you will get bonuses. If you use the code five, so F I V E sign up for both play daily fantasy with prize picks. You can go over, you can go under on various players, pair them together. We've got a new show. Greg appeared on it tonight with David Eversol and David Friedman. I appear on there as well on our YouTube channel, kind of teaching you how to play and what our picks are. It's not just the NBA too. You can do MLB, you can do MLS. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You can do just about anything uh, that you want to do. You could have done uh, the Euro Cup stuff here as well. You could have done tennis, Wimbledon, everything. You can do all of this on prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. And, of course, mybookie.ag. Not just bet before the game, but bet the futures. you got the Dolphins on there. If you want to bet the Super Bowl stuff, you can do that now. And also, you can live bet. You can change course during a game, hedge the other direction. They've got a great platform, and they will get you your money quickly. So prizepicks.com, mybookie.ag. For either of them, use our special code. That's F-I-V-E. All right, let's get to the next part of this. Um, we have talked about Colin Sexton before. I um, feel like this has been building, but there's there's more and more chatter that's out there lately. The latest that came out the past 24 hours is that stuff started to surface from Cleveland directly. And having spent a year in Cleveland and getting to know some of the reporters there, I can tell you that Jason Lloyd is as good as it gets. Um He's always been plugged in with the organization. He's thorough. He doesn't just throw stuff out there. And he's been out there over the past, say, 12 to 24 hours, tweeting about the idea that he thought that Colin Sexton would probably get an extension this summer. And now he has come to believe that he will not. Um, Jason doesn't throw this stuff out kind of haphazard, willy-nilly, any of that stuff. That's because he's getting information. He's not going to end up being wrong. Okay, I can tell you from being around there are good reporters I trust, and then there are reporters that just tack on names to our reports. Um, Jason Lloyd is the former, not the latter. So that's coming out of Cleveland right now. Um, but Adam, I want to go to you too, because we've reported about a lot of this stuff with Sexton. How would this look, and, and what are you hearing? So, I mean, there's always three parts to every trade you have the heat, you have the player, and you have the other team. And from what I can see as of the past 24 hours, 
I think all indications are that the Heat are interested and the player is interested. And I think that that's a very significant step that we haven't heard from anywhere else. I don't know if anyone else has reported anything similar, but the player is now interested in a potential deal, right? So the third obviously being Cleveland, maybe the most important piece to this whole puzzle, but we know that they've had talks between the Heat and the Cavs. So who knows what could happen from here on out. What we know is a deal could potentially come around the draft, but the player's interested. That's the update. But Adam, and here's the other part of this, because you mentioned Cleveland, which would be the third part, but there are really two parts. There are two subsets to that. There's, are they interested in moving the player? And what we're hearing now more and more from sources out of Cleveland is they are, okay, as opposed to giving him an extension, okay, and maybe doing it a year early than they really have to. So really, it's just the half piece that's here is would they be interested in moving the player for what Miami could get them, right? Like, so, right. so, so, I mean, we're really kind of two and a half out of the three parts. We're kind of two and a half of the three parts there. Um, now, we've talked about this, uh, Alex, in, in the context of a Kevin Love, uh, you know, trade. And, I, and Greg's making a face here, and that's kind of how I feel too. But like, you know, of him coming back, but let's say it is just Hero and Sexton as the primary pieces of this. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm absolutely comfortable with that. I, I almost think uh, just without having heard what Cleveland will be looking for in this type of deal, knowing that they probably want to move on from Sexton in, in, in order to avoid having to pay him big money, uh, I was kind of thinking they would be asking for more than one guy. So if you're just saying, if you're saying just Tyler and not, you know, a deal involving Tyler, Precious, maybe something else, just, just kind of sweeten it because it seems like Sexton is a better player right now. Uh, then, yeah, I think it's it's a deal worth having. Not that it's an easy decision. That's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm definitely comfortable with it. I think Sexton is somebody who fits into both windows. Like we like talking about both timelines. He's somebody that would help them now, whether you pair him with another guard or not and somebody who will help them down the line because he's still young enough and will help them with Bam. So I think I'm definitely comfortable sending Tyler to Cleveland for, for Sexton. It's, and I'm not trying to talk down on Tyler, man. I still believe in him. I still think he's going to be a pretty good player in this league. You know, like I talked about before, it's a fork in the road. And the Sexton thing is one that just – it makes a lot of sense if it happens to go down. But here's the thing about it, and I'll go to Adam, Adam or Greg. Either of you can jump in on this. Uh, the reason it makes sense for Cleveland is it's basically buying them time. They, they have more time to decide what to do with hero than they do deciding what to do with Sexton. He's also a player who has a profile already. So he's easy to sell to fans who don't want a constant churn there. Right. But from Miami's perspective, you get a player who's more ready, who, and let's just be straight about this has more of a Jimmy Butler mentality then maybe Tyler displayed to the organization this year. I mean, that's, I'm just going to put it out there. We've discussed it before. Um, right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll Adam, Greg, I'll let you jump in on it, but from both sides, I mean, I would understand why Cleveland might want more. Okay. Um, and maybe some of these players we talked about in the first half of the episode, precious KZ could be the more, maybe it's yeah. worth them taking a project flyer on a player like that, you know, Right. But, but, but I, I can understand why what might make sense for both sides, even without the love piece. Yeah, no, I think actually Kevin love is a deal breaker for Miami. Um, I, I kind of poked around on this after the game last night and um, 
And I didn't hear great things. Um, and so I, I don't know that they're going to use all of their flexibility on a love Sexton package. And I, there's other teams out there with, with cap space that need to get to salary floors that could probably pull together a package and still have assets left in the tank. Whereas Miami won't, they can't like just throw a 2028 first round pick in that deal to get it done. Like they're just not in that place. So I feel like uh Sexton hero is a, is an interesting, um, one for like when we just talk about the the best player in the deal, one for one kind of swap, it pulls back Cleveland's timeline. Um, I, so I really like the idea and like, this is what I was going to say. And I'll just end it here. Adam, you can jump in if you want, or anyone can take it, but like, who do you guys think Jimmy would rather have on the team? Oh boy. <laughs> I'll let you go. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, I'm going to just plead the fifth on that one, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it's, it's a tough deal for me because there's a clear and obvious reason as to why the Cavs are moving him and it's because of money. Right. And every team knows that. So why are you offering your best assets? That's the first point. A good point. The second point is, are we sure? Well, Adam, 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 before you get to point two, I mean, the reason you're offering it is because you're, you, this is not in a vacuum, right? Like this is not, you're not the only team that might have interest in a guy who, Who's you know shot profile is 49 39 you know with you know with with high scoring volume right sure. i mean and, and the right work ethic seemingly right like who just needs to basically be put in a better system and coached up a little bit but to me to me this feels like an nfl deal where you're you're trading for the right to pay him you know so that's why i i see it a little bit as a as a devalued asset and I get that in the future, if you pay him whatever he wants, and what we've heard is that he wants the max. If you pay him that max, that's your team. You're, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe in that first year, it's not worth it, you know, and he'll still be a devalued asset. That's your team in the Jimmy Butler era. Are you going to use your Tyler Hero chip on that? And it's a really interesting question. Um, I, I guess I look at it from this perspective and I really don't want to give up on, on Tyler and Ethan kind of touched on it as he talked about, you can't look at it in a vacuum is like, if you know the deals you have lined up and let's just say that you, let's just say, you know, you have a sign and trade for Lowry in the works and that's going to happen. Like hypothetically, then uh, giving up hero in the Sexton deal to me feels like, like, okay, here we go. We've got to win now backcourt. Like, yeah, it's a little short, but there's been a lot of short backcourt. So like, that's where to me, I feel like um, that there's just, that there could definitely be connections here that make Tyler hero, although he is the heat's best asset. If you look at it holistically, it could make some sense. And, and I just want to be clear on one thing as people follow these rumors into August. Okay. What you can tell from listening to us is we know more than we're saying. Whereas you're getting reports from others who know less than they're saying. And the one example I'm going to use here and without mentioning names is there was a report that circulated about the heat's interest in Kevin love. Okay. This came out like, th okay. Shh. Three or four days ago. I'm going to mute you. This came out like three or four days ago, okay, about the Heat's interest in Kevin Love, right after our reporting about Sexton and Love. And I can tell you, and Adam, I will let you close here. The Heat's interest is not in Kevin Love. The Heat's interest 
is in Colin Sexton. This is what we call dot collecting, okay, in the business, okay, connecting, I'm sorry, uh, where somebody says, you know, we report one thing and then somebody else jumps in on it. Uh, their interest is not in Kevin Love. Kevin Love is, it, the Cavs have a desire to move Kevin Love if they can, Essentially, he's he's a negative asset. Is that correct, Adam? Absolutely. He's a negative asset. And not only that, I want to make it clear that Colin Sexton is someone who should not be on the trade market. Correct. He shouldn't. He just a guy that's 22 years old, averaging 24 points per game, should not be on the trade market. It's just the fact that the Cavs are not willing to pay his price. If he maybe brings his price down under the max. They'll sign him to an extension tomorrow, you know, but it's the fact that they're ways apart on their price. That's why. But does it, but Adam, is it the, one, the one other thing on Sexton though, I mean, Darius Garland got put on the select team, right? Um, I mean, it, it does seem like the organization has also is favoring Garland over Sexton. And then it's not really clear that the two of them, can play together long-term is, is that also fair? I mean, I don't think it's, and I mean, that plays into why they're not willing to pay him the max, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily because there's another point. They don't value him as a player. I right? it's fit, isn't it? And they have the third pick in the draft. Correct. Yep. Where they can get a guard. Cavs going Cavs. draft. Right. Right. Well, there's also the situation, which we've talked about here on, on five on the floor about, I don't know how much longer Kobe Altman's going to be the general manager or have power there too, because we also know that, that uh, Dan Gilbert does not typically give his general managers extensions. And uh, you know, I mean, they've basically been churning through assets. Alex, I'm going to let you close uh, here today. Do you think that Cleveland could sell? Because again, if you're going to trade a guy who you shouldn't be trading at 22 years old, who's putting up this kind of shot profile uh, and seems to have, you know, more significant upside if he gets with the right program, don't you have to get a player like Tyler Hero back who who you can at least sell to your fans as he's 21, he's performed in the NBA playoffs, uh, you know, and I mean, he's a name you know, and he's going to score a bunch of points for us? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, man. I think Tyler is that type of guy who fits the bill for what the Cavs are looking for. And Adam's points, I will admit, uh, made me think twice a little bit. The, the, the whole... The whole idea of like, well, if you use the, the Tyler asset in the Sexton piece, uh, you may or may not be stuck with him. And who knows, like, if he'll be tradable down the line, if things don't work out, things like that. That made me think twice a little bit. But Tyler is the type of guy that would make sense for Cleveland in this deal. And to add on to also the, pick, the, the point that Adam made about the draft, it's expected that Cade Cunningham is going number one. And then I think what happens with number two is going to decide. And it, it seems like that the Cavs are most likely are going to end up taking a guard there because I think the, the, the consensus right now is that Evan Mobley, the big man is going number two. And then after there, mm -hmm. the, the biggest prospects are Jalen Suggs and Jalen green, who are both guards. So uh, that does make me think twice a little bit, but to me, it's just like, they're going to be, they're going to be stacking that roster that they got there with young guys. And if they go into the off season and get back Tyler and maybe something else for Sexton and then draft a guard that they can be, proud of there maybe Tyler comes off the bench who knows they, they can definitely sell that I think that's how you move on from Sexton pretty quickly Alex I'm glad you mentioned that uh and again go to prizepicks.com mybookie.ag use the code five and eat your Miami grill while you're listening to this 
we are all in agreement from what we've heard that if a trade for Sexton happens with the Heat, it's likely at the draft, right? Is are we all all of our information? I'll go to Greg and Adam on this. Is is that yes? Um, and I'll, I'll say this. I'm glad you brought that up. I would rather, if it were me, this is a deal I would make at the end of free agency, not at the beginning. That's just my personal belief. Okay. Okay. Uh, Greg, consistent with your information. It, though, right? it is. I, I mean, this is it. Um, and that, that has more to do from my understanding with, with Cleveland wanting to kind of figure out what their roster is going to look like at their assets and, in and kind of and figure all that out. And the draft is like basically their free agency. You know what I mean? Like that's their moment to, to really churn that roster out and do what they want to do. So it's really more Cleveland that I think is going to be pushing to make a deal happen. But to Adam's point, it does make a little more sense for Miami to wait and see his, his salary does go up if you wait for the new league year, but they can still get something done. And the other thing about this is, and this, I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a lot of future episodes here, Clutch Corner, Full Court Press, everything else we do at Five Reason Sports. I get what you're saying, Adam, and I get why, Alex, it made you pause about when you're going to use the Tyler Hero asset since right now it is your only asset until you know you figure out if you've got Duncan re-signed or until KZ or, or Precious blows up or whatever. This is your asset. I get it. But I also think, and I think Heat fans are a little tired of this, this idea of waiting, 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 waiting for the perfect opportunity and letting very good opportunities pass you by. And I just wonder with what happened this past offseason, again, not, not paying out more than one year, what happened with Crowder, waiting on Giannis, previous years where they've waited for things to happen, the Dwayne thing with Durant, all this other stuff. I do wonder at a certain point, if we just keep saying, like, when does you know, perfect become the enemy of you know, good? You know, and, and at some point it's like, if Tyler here is not going to be a, a big part of your Jimmy bam core, then at a certain point, I think you've got to cut bait and say, we're going to upgrade here. We're going to, we're going to speed the timeline. And even if we look back and in, in three weeks, somebody else pops open and we're like, damn, we wish we had the Tyler piece. We're not going to look back. I, I think that may be where we at. I know we could do another 45 minutes on that particular topic, so we'll save it for another night. Again, check out mybookie.ag, prizepicks.com. Use the code 5. And thanks again to Miami Grill. We'll be with you here all week. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.